Well, everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Bench, and you are listening live to Season 4, Episode 18. And we are recording here on a Sunday night, a beautiful day in Iowa, in between not-so-beautiful days. Uh, but we had a couple back-to-back, uh, guys, and uh, boy, it was worth it. I was out working in the yard. I... You're saying we earned this? Oh, I think we did. earned it uh it was nice it was boy, nice I what, what boy a, i tell you what what a what a difference a day made I was, I was talking to you guys earlier scott yeah. we were uh and ty we were working on our timing system out there on friday yeah. afternoon and you know 40 mile an hour <laughs> winds and 38 degrees and just brutal and come turn around and go out there saturday morning for my track meet i'm out there 7 a.m it's 28 degrees but sunshine no wind and it felt like right. 50 i mean oh, it, yeah. was, it was awesome and it got to 55 yesterday you would have thought it was 80 um so thanks for the sunshine how did your truck meet go aaron no doubt. did you have a good meet we did we had a great meet great turnout great crowd um awesome a lot of fun uh had a girl run the 12th fastest 400 in iowa high school oh, wow. history on our track yesterday she would she run uh gabby cortez from prairie she went 55-1 wow. yesterday uh you know first and first outdoor meet they've had so from prairie they she was killing it. She had a good wow. day yesterday. Wow. That's so, awesome. So she probably qualified for Drake. Um, probably. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, <laughs> she's, I think, I think she had to pick what events because she's qualified in more. She's hit the blue standards in more events than she can compete yeah. in Drake. So she'll be, she'll be fun to watch wow. in May. Yeah, I was, we were talking about the day, uh, driving back, how state track, you know, man, that's two months away. That's it. Well, a month, well, a month really. really. About yeah. a month away. A month, a month like five, five weeks, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, yeah. uh, it's going to be here before you know it. And that's one of the best events I think we put on all year. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it is. It well, we're going well, right to get right into it. Right into it. Uh, I don't uh, want to belabor the weather. The weather. Um, I don't want to talk about drivers. About drivers. <laughs> um, I had a couple had of them on the way home today, but nothing. Nothing earth shattering that's worth spending a lot of time on, but all the carts were put away at Walmart uh, this weekend. So they were. What they were? I there was there were no problems in the Spirit Lake Walmart this weekend. Well, now who says so? Who says social media can't impact the world in a positive that's way? Right. Because you've been blasting the, the Okaboji Spirit Lake area, and they've heard you. They have. Them. I mean, because I called yeah. Phoenix out. When I, yeah. when I was in Phoenix at spring break, I called Phoenix, Arizona out, and I, I'm anxious to get back down there and see if they kind of straighten their ways. You um, need to come to Newton. But I think yeah. our cart, our I'll, cart I'll returning abilities are, are lacking here in Newton oh. this weekend. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that. I'm going to have hey, three Yeah. I'm going to do a spring tour. Oh, put, there you, you know, go. instead of a spring tour and just go check out these carts. But okay, go ahead, Scott. No, I, was I interrupted say, you in the excitement was, of my tour. No, no, no I, that's a great idea. I want, uh, I want the tour T-shirt. <laughs> well, Grateful Dead, t-shirt. the this great, is... the Grateful Dead tour, and the Todd Gordon cart tour. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I, I went to, I went to. Now, uh, Walmart today, and there was carts everywhere. So I grabbed two carts, and I was bringing them back. And the kid from Walmart came up to me. He goes, what are you doing? I was like, well, I was just going to grab these carts because I saw them laying out here. 
And they go, why'd you do that? And I go, well, one of my friends, Todd, would be disappointed in me if I did that. <laughs> and you should have seen the kid's face of like, okay. <laughs> now, now, see, now, see, Jarvis, you go up to the Spirit Lake area and you start bringing carts inside and the cart people will say, oh, you must know Todd Gordon. They, they That's exactly right. Uh, uh, Scott Jarvis, I'm proud of you. And, hey, uh, thank you. Welcome to the team. Uh, welcome thank to the you. team. Yeah. That's you get a funny. t-shirt. Everybody gets a t-shirt. Uh, well, I do want to take program. some time. Uh, number uh, one in your heart. Number one in your heart. <laughs> yeah, I bet people wonder, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Well, I do want to thank our sponsors before we get going and uh, thank them for their support this season. Gipper, for all your social media needs. Superfan and Superfan Inc. Varsity Bound. Oh, there I did it again. I get that off my script. Bound. Hey, that's my fault. That's my fault. That's my fault. Get all excited about carts and then we don't get that erased. I know. Jeez. But no. Thanks to Bound for their support and everything they're doing for the ADs in the state of Iowa. And South, and South Dakota. Dakota. Hometown, Hometown ticketing, ticketing for all your for ticketing, ticketing needs. needs. And, and Jamie, Jamie Beckler, Beckler and the Leadership, Leadership Podcast. Podcast. Thank, Thank you to everyone, everyone there. there. Gipper, Super, Super Fan Inc., Bound, Bound Hometown, Hometown Ticketing, ticketing. and Jamie Beckler, Beckler for their support for Beyond the Bench. The bench. And I'm going to throw it back to Scott Jarvis, and he's going to introduce our guest tonight. Well, I'm super excited to introduce Dr. Grant. He has spent the last 15 years in different roles in high school and college sports as a teacher, a head golf coach. He was a director of athletics and facilities. He served as operations and marketing director of a collegiate golf camps while building a junior golf tournament series from the ground up. For the past seven years, Dr. Grant has been a full-time faculty member in the College of Business at the University of Finley in Finley, Ohio, and he's teaching leadership and marketing courses while also directing an innovative student-run agency, the Euler 10 and he also is the founder and CEO of Triple Leadership, Triple Threat Leadership. So can, thanks for being here, Scott. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited. Anytime I can, I can talk to some ADs and help out, I'm, I'm always in. Yeah, I So bet. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I, I know you've been super busy. I've been, I, I follow you on social media and you've been, where, where, where have all the ADs, like you and I are kind of all over these AD conferences. Where have you been here lately? Yeah, so it's been great. Uh, you know, I, I spent actually the last two years in North Carolina. I worked at the University of, of North Carolina. And then when we moved back to Ohio, um, my heart's in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. Yeah. I was an AD in Ohio. My parents were teachers. So I, I, I've been helping ADs in Ohio. I've been having calls with admin teams all over. I just was in Massachusetts working with their AD uh, at their state conference. And then uh, I'm heading out to a couple more coming up in the next few months. Um, so it's been great because what we're going to talk about tonight is, is very different everywhere. But yeah. I, I've been able to see it in a lot of different patterns. And, and I love spending time with ADs. With yeah. I think being a former AD, it's just a different conversation when you're trying to help. I mean, you yeah. guys all know, they always, you know, there's very few people that you can trust in this business. And part of that is, is AD. So right. anything I can do to support and, and being around and helping those, it's, it's been great. And the travel has been fun. Um, so it's, it's been amazing. 
And and now, Dr. Grant, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're going to be at Oklahoma together, and Todd and Aaron are going to go on the show with us, uh, on the road with us here, and they're going to pick up that 628 LTI course. So super excited right. about them joining the All right. the road show. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be great. That'll be great. I'm excited for that one. Then I'll I'll be in Iowa in, in a little bit before that. So yeah, that'll I've be been awesome. There in a while, and, to, so and Todd it, and Aaron will be, be to... at that NHSACA conference also. So have a couple Perfect. different opportunities that we can connect. But and I'll make sure to push my cart back if I go to Walmart. <laughs> you are being watched. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's a big deal in Ohio, uh, but I, I mean, now I know. Right. When I come to Iowa, oh. it's, it's the real deal. Yeah, you know, yeah, you you know what you got to look for the next time you go out <laughs> and do a little shopping or just go grab something. You will now be very aware of the cart situation in Ohio. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. And if you push two back, you get a T-shirt. That's right. <laughs> I might go do that tonight. I may go do that tonight. You got to make a target run, maybe. Yeah. Good. Uh, well, hey, well, Scott, tell us. Before, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Todd. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, before we we get into you know yeah. Scott and a little Scott, bit more, and then and then to NIL, I, I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about what we got to watch, observe this weekend. Um, the Masters, my favorite golf tournament. I love watching all the majors, but the Masters is just something special. And, um, I think it's tomorrow. They'll come out with the lottery for 2023. I go in for the lottery every year. Haven't won yet, but I'm confident I'm going to win at some point and be down there uh, to watch the Masters. But uh, what Tiger Woods did this weekend I thought was spectacular. Um, I'm in a pool with my nephews and my son and some other people. And one of my nephews texted me and he said, he's the same age as my son. He's 30 years old. And... He said, what I've been able to watch in my lifetime, two of the greatest mentally tough athletes probably, you know, to ever walk the planet at this time. And he's been able to see two of them. He said, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. And to think about, you know, somebody who's 30 years old and they've been able to watch and uh, watch what they've done. But what Tiger what Woods Tiger did, did uh, this uh, weekend was weekend absolutely spectacular. spectacular. Uh, how, he how he managed to get his body get around that around course. That and course. when you start when thinking you start about thinking walking about that, that course, course in particular, with all the, all the, the hills and the, and the different, different uh, plateaus, plateaus, he's got to go up and down. And yeah. The stress that had to have on his legs and his back. Yesterday, in his interview after his round, they just asked him how he's feeling, and he, and he said, uh, every day is a fight. I wake up every day and start the fight all over again. And just imagine what he's been through the last 14 months, uh, getting his body just back to that. But uh, Guys, we're all observers of sports, right? And we love to watch sport. We love the... We love what sport has to offer, and this weekend was one of the greatest things, I think, to watch. Tiger fan or no, I, uh, and I'm a Tiger fan. I, I just, I am because of what he does and how he's doing it. But um, thoughts on that, Doctor Grant? You're a golf guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so I've been to the Masters, and honestly, if you ever get the chance, it, it almost looks fake. It's unbelievable. I mean, it, the car, it, the grass is like carpet. It's amazing. Um, for me. You know, we had, uh, so I worked with, I worked at Carolina the last two years and, and I worked a lot with the golf program and 
there was a kid actually from Carolina who was one of the amateurs, Austin Greaser. He's an Ohio kid. He played the first two days. And, you know, a lot of times when people have conversations about golfers, it's not, they don't consider them elite athletes. But when you look at people like Tiger Woods and the eliteness of, of people at that level, like Michael Jordan, they're athletic. I mean, beyond athleticism, but they're, they're, minds are a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And there aren't a lot of people who can do that, right? There aren't a lot of people that can will themselves around a golf course in extreme pain and still be an elite athlete. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable when you watch that there, it, it, you know, it, it just is. And you look, and I think, I think golf is shifting to that, right? A Dustin Johnson, uh, they're elite athletes. That guy can jump out of the gym, right? <laughs> I mean, they are so athletic. So when you, when you look at those people and I, I think, it's starting to shift. And I think Tiger was one of those first leaders in that capacity and his ability to still do that. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we talking today. I hurt. I hurt. I feel like I'm in okay shape. Like I'm, I am in pain and I'm just playing a <laughs> flat course with a cart. You know right. what I mean? Like, so it's, it's fun to, I mean, it's fun to watch and it's fun to, you know, I have little boys, I've got twin first graders and, and a one-year-old and, you know, they're sitting there watching and, and I'm able to talk about him and they, they show clips back and it's just a whole different ball game. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. sometimes people don't understand golf is, is that way as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think we need to appreciate, just need to appreciate those opportunities. We get to watch things like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, obviously Tiger's, you know, he's gone through ups and down, peaks and valleys, but right. boy, look where he's at yeah. now and, and back and Yeah. I I still think he's gonna contend for one again. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I mean I, Oh I do absolutely. And there I mean he's got no, he's got the tiger effect. You know, I mean he he it there's like a gravitational pull around that guy. Mm -hmm. You know, and he, he's mm -hmm. got it yeah. and it's and seeing that continue is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you bring up Tiger, and and I also I mentioned as we're getting on, I, I want to get to something else with with Scotty Scheffler I saw, but it kind of relates to what I saw with Tiger today. Uh, I didn't get much of a chance to watch the Masters until today, um, but I watched his last couple holes. Um, was when I finally got home, uh, and I think I watched him play the last six holes of the day, and it was a grind for him. And he was it was a struggle today uh, on that back nine, and I saw him and my wife and I were talking about how much he was smiling in the midst. Yeah of what was not and you know as, as he's so famous for not de definitely not his a game you know and we've seen him go through the ups and downs as you mentioned todd and my wife and i were talking about it you know he seemed to be at a place where um it was about being thankful for the opportunity still to yeah. do it even though it's not going so the smile on his face and it was like it's it's like you see the shift we've talked about before and i want to get with the scotty shepler stuff where maybe his identity shifted a bit of man i'm tiger woods and i'm dad and i'm husband and i'm alive and I get to still right. try to play mm -hmm. some golf versus I'm a golfer who's yeah, all these right. other yeah. things. Yep. Uh, and it seems smiling uh, was a was a different mindset yep. for him. Yep. At least in my yeah. observations. I don't know what's going on in Tiger Woods' mind, but in my observations of him, that's well, I, I, I think when you saw him walk off after when he was done, walking through the crowd, the smile yeah. on his face was exactly that. Yeah. Right. Exactly that. Well, I, and I feel, like, I feel like there's a sense, you know, there's there's a – a gratefulness to compete, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's shifted. Like he always was a competitor, but now yeah, I, I think, think there's a, there's an extra sense of he's, he's truly grateful for the opportunity to continue to compete, 
even if he's not a hundred percent, like he's still competing and that's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, it struck me as I saw this today, going back a couple of shows ago, we were talking about uh, one of the issues we see in athletics with, with young kids, especially is their identity being wrapped up in mm-hmm. their success in athletics. And I came across as it was actually on Dr. Rob Bell's, uh, Twitter feed is what I came across on it, but it was a card. And I, I, I'll say up front, I don't know I, the validity of this. I don't know, but it's a, it's a handwritten note. So Scotty Scheffler at the top. And it says this, it says, if I win this golf tournament, it will change my life on the golf course, but it will not change my personal life at home. Winning the golf tournament isn't going to satisfy my soul or my heart. I know that I know that going in. So I'm able to play freely knowing that the rest really isn't up to me. I'm just going to go do my best. And we talked about people's identity and where is it? Where does it lie? Does it lie in you are an athlete, and if you, and, and your identity relies totally on whether you win or you lose, or are you a person who happens to be an elite athlete like he is? And to see him win that tournament, knowing that this is his mind, this type of mindset he has is look, sure, I'm a, there'll be fame that comes with the Masters, but it doesn't change who I am at home, who I am with my <laughs> friends. Doesn't define me as a person. It defines me as who I am in the golf course moving forward. I'm a master's champion moving forward. I thought that was a really cool yeah. thing that we just need to keep hammering in with our young yeah. kids. Um, where's that identity lie? Yeah. Great point. Great point. Great point. Yeah. Great point. So Dr. Grant, t- tell us a little Dr. bit about Grant, your journey and, and your career and where you are today and, 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 and why you really got into education and, and specifically coaching and an athletic director and now obviously a professor. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I grew up with parents that were both teachers. My dad was a high school basketball coach and phys ed teacher. My mom was a high school math teacher turned guidance counselor. So my life from, I mean, as far back as I can remember, was on a gym floor or in a classroom. I mean, that was that was what we did. We had a small family farm. Um, so everything about what I knew was education and athletics. And, and I loved it. Uh, so when I decided I was going to be a teacher, my parents were 100% supportive around that. So um, I went to the University of Finley, actually, where I teach right now. My parents are both alums. So I did the education program. I had a pretty rough student teaching experience. So I decided I was going to I was going to wait a little bit. Um, so I actually did my MBA because I wanted to learn more business, uh, worked as a graduate assistant in the, in the athletics department, had an unbelievable experience there. And then, you know, after my two years were up, I thought I was going to go work in college campus recreation. That was my plan because I thought, Oh, budget's already in there. Right. Student services. It was great. (laughs) I I met a young, I met a, I met a young girl, fell in love. The places we were going to move. She was like, I don't think, I don't think this is right. So, I transitioned back and I was like, you know what? I, w- I want to go try to teach. So um, I-, I got a teaching job at Finley High School at the age of 23. Uh, their AD was uh, a, a kind of like a second father to me. He hired me to be a varsity head golf coach at a pretty prestigious program straight out the gate. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> you know, I wanted to coach. But to be honest, I thought I was going to be a high school history teacher and basketball coach for 30 years. I coached JV basketball as a varsity head uh boys and girls golf coach. And I was his assistant AD. And for five years, I lived there. I mean, I loved everything about it. So I spent five years there. I then left and I went to a a nearby school, became the director of athletics activities and facilities, much smaller than where I was at previously. So, I mean, I was in charge of security. I was, I mean, you know, like you, you got a million hats, Mm -hmm. Uh, love the experience, 
But at that time, pay to participate policies were becoming really big with ADs. And I got asked to create one and I didn't know how. So I was asking all these ADs and they, they didn't really know why they had it or how it was developed. So it really was the reason why I went and did my doctorate. So I went and did my doctorate in educational leadership and I wrote every paper on pay to participate policies because I wanted to try to figure out a way to help ADs. I was adjuncting at the time uh, in the College of Business here and a position came open. So I started teaching sport management, marketing, social media, started doing all these different things. Meanwhile, in the summers, I would spend them in Carolinas working Duke golf schools and I worked with Ohio Wesley and I did a lot of different things. I always tell people I loved athletics, education and business, and I was always trying to like jam them together. Um, (laughs) That was that was what I did. So at the end of my doctorate program, I started I started triple threat leadership, which in essence, I go into schools and I and I help them give positive social media strategy presentations. I help teach personal branding and all those pieces. I worked uh, doing teaching for about seven years, and then I took a leap of faith. My family and I moved to Chapel Hill. Uh, I worked at the University of North Carolina as their director of operations, outreach, and leadership development with the golf program specifically. Spent two years there, learned a ton. Was right when name, image, and likeness was coming on the mix. Um, Really, really enjoyed it. And then a position opened up back here at my alma mater in the College of Ed, but I was teaching administrators and ADs, business principals, but to educators and everything kind of fell in place. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like my entire life has been the combination of education, athletics and business. And, mm-hmm. and right now I have I have the most amazing opportunity because I have triple threat. I get to teach. And now I, I just I continue to get to help ADs. So. Long story short, I feel like I've been a little bit everywhere, um, but I, I found that combination for me and what that looks like. And, and really, at the end of the day, I get, a, I get to work with people who are doing this every single day and hopefully support them to make their job easier. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. I want to I want to have you if you can. I mm-hmm. you've got a TED talk out there called Ties and Antennas. I, I do. And uh, I want to encourage people to go watch that. But. But can you summarize, can you summarize that, experience? that experience? I went back to your student teaching days, days, I think. Did. Yep. Uh, if you could just summarize that, because I think it's it's great. I'm actually sharing that with my coaches tomorrow in my oh, in my week, awesome. weekly update to them. That's awesome. And uh, so I, I just think it's it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. So I actually I actually view branding and personal branding as a as a leadership framework, and and here's why. Uh, my first year teaching, I had a ninth period, every kid who had ever flunked high school history. And to be honest, they hated my guts. I couldn't get them to do anything. And, and I like, I love teaching, right? I was super excited. I couldn't get them to do anything. Now I played club ice hockey uh, in college and I hurt my back and about three weeks into it flared up. And I went to the principal's office. I said, Hey, is there any way I can wear tennis shoes? So I went out and I bought Nike Air Max Tempo Lows. They used to be worn by Charles Barkley and nobody even knows who that is anymore when I give presentations, right? And I walked, seriously, a kid's looking at me like I'm an idiot, like all the teachers are over there chuckling. Um, but I walked in, I walked in that next day, not a single kid noticed until ninth period. And there was a kid in the back corner who, who ruled that room, but never said a word and his hand went up and I was like, oh man, like what, we're going to throw down right now. And, and he he goes, Hey. Mr. Grant. And I was like, yeah, buddy, what's up? He's like, those are some sweet kicks. Like, where'd you get those things? I remember looking down and just thinking, if that's all it's going to take, right? That's going to give me the energy I need 
to connect with all these people. And I, I found it. So I went out that night and I bought every stupid color pair of shoes you can imagine. I've worn them every single day when I teach with a tie because it's the way in which I remember who I want to be. And, and that's for me, I think everybody has a branded frame, right? You look at all the people that everybody sees things in a certain way around a branded frame. And all branding is, is positive energy around values, right? I found mine. I found who I wanted to be. And I had to push that every single day. So that TED Talk was a culmination of, of me telling that story and then helping people understand that you got to figure out who you want to be. And, and who you want that experience on the other side of you to be. And then how are you going to energize that through some sort of action every single day, right? For me, it's my ties and pennies. Some other people, my mom used to wear these crazy sweaters and these earrings. I don't think she even knew why she did it. But like that was her thing, right? Almost everybody has a thing. And to me, that's that's an easy way to start clarifying how we're going to create unique experience. So that, that TED Talk was an awesome, awesome experience. So I'm just glad it's, it's, it's being shared. I didn't think anybody ever watched it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Except it, me every once in a while. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's great. It's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. So Dr. Grant, we're going to kind of jump into one of the, the our main topics for the night, but it sounds like we might have to have a repeat. Uh, session back and you talking branding. Yeah, absolutely. Just seeing you get seeing you get uh, fired up about that the last forty five seconds. So, and you'll be well on your way to the robe then, not just t shirts. You yeah. come on second and third times, we start talking I like different it. It's kind of a big deal. So, man, something something for you to. I am definitely to. going putting those cards uh, away tonight. Then. <laughs> but we are. Uh, we're going to jump into the NIL absolutely. a little bit. So, talk to us just about uh, the name, image, likeness. Um, just what your involvement with that yeah. has been, your perception of it, and then give us an overview of what that is, what what you think that's going to start to look like in the high yeah, school yeah. space. So, really, to be honest, um, when I started teaching social media and, and personal branding in 2016, name, image, and likeness wasn't really a thing. When I went to North Carolina in 2019, that's when name, image, and likeness at the college space really started getting hot and heavy. And to be honest, North Carolina was one of the biggest pushers against it. Right? They you know, our AD and a lot of, they were, they were really fearful of what was going to happen. So I got to be at a place where they were pushing back at it. And all the while, while I'm, I'm at this power five division one institution, I kept thinking, what does this look like at the high school space? So when I left and came back, I saw this huge gap because the kids that I was seeing at the college level weren't ready for a lot of the thing, personal branding, financial literacy. And, and I was like, okay, they got to get this in high school. So when I started studying the high school space, it's interesting because there there are seven states right now that have it, right? That already have it for high school student athletes. California has had it since 2004, but no one's really been talking about it for the last, you know, 18 years. So it's really just this trickle down effect from college. So what I try to do is I try to peel back the curtain for high school ADs to understand this is what it looked like at college. And this is what it might look like at the high school space. So in essence, it's just name, image, or likeness or, or three prongs to the right of publicity for a person, right? So at the high school level, um, it's unique because every state does it very different, right? Every school district can potentially do it different. And a lot of state associations are starting to pass this and ADs aren't, I mean, what, they're like, what, what are we supposed to do with this? Right? Like how we have so, I mean, you guys know how much stuff is going on and now they have to worry about this other element that really is unknown 
and is very super specific to your state. So I think from that perspective, it can be hard, but uh, that's kind of where I try to live is I want to help educate ADs on what this looks like and then potential implications for the high school space. So what are some, some fears that you have in regards to that with uh, the high school? Yeah. So, when you look at most high school state associations, NIL rules, it all centers around amateurism, right? That's that's where the big piece is. So when they're shifting the rules, oftentimes they're adding clauses or they're, or they're changing the amateurism piece to say a kid can now profit off of their, their NIL, but they can't use, you know, the logos and marks and things like this, et cetera. The toughest part that I see is that schools aren't allowed to do much. Right? right? Like, like you, you can, can educate, educate, but that's, that's pretty much, much it. In Ohio. Ohio. So let's, so let's take, take Ohio, Ohio, for example. Ohio, Ohio is going to vote on this May, like, like the beginning part of May. If, if it passes, it is effective May 16th. Like, oh like boom. Right? So yeah. mm. right now I'm trying to get schools to understand, like, you're going to need a policy, right? You have to look at your, your logos. Are they trademarked? Are they licensed elements like this? You're going to have to, to understand your community because if you're in a community where your parents expect you to, to know about this, there are a lot of 80s that, that don't, that, that aren't understanding this. You're going to need to pay attention to, so for me, 40% of, of my athletic budget was fundraising, right? If, and this is where a lot of ADs and just people in general get nervous. If that money that's going to the department starts getting diverted to individual athletes, I mean, what do you do if you don't have enough money? You have to start cutting junior high sports, freshman sports. You're limiting um, games. So there's questions around how are we marketing? What is our what does our external fundraising look like? What happens if some of those get cut, and and you're thirty thousand dollars short of your budget? You know, you you need to have that conversation with your superintendent. And understand what this looks like. Um, so I mean, that's a fear. There's also a fear about. Um, like college recruitment, right? If you have a lot of student athletes that want to play at the next level, making sure that they don't get sideways in certain NIL activities in high school that may not be allowed at that next level or ensuring that they're not losing their amateurism status at the high school level that then is going to jeopardize their college career. So every time I talk about this, I feel like ADs are looking at me like, why would anybody want this? And I had that conversation. Why would anybody support this? Because at the end of the day, it's really hard for a school district, whether they like it or not, to say, we don't support something that could benefit our student athletes. Right. I mean, that that's a hard call. But at the same time, if you're losing money that supports your your athletic department, what's the AD doing to supplement that those funds? That That's a fear, a really big fear. Yeah. I, I would have a, a fear also of, I mean, the transfer portal at the high school level that I can, I mean, if a kid thinks they can make more money at school Y instead of their current school X and they can transfer there and all of a sudden they're in a bigger market and they're, whether they're going to be a division one athlete probably or, or whatever, but um, I see that whole transfer thing being based on maybe their, their potential earning. 
Mm-hmm. Well, well to, to be, be honest, honest you, know, you know, at the, the college level, a lot of schools recruit on that, right? right? If, you, if, you if you come to this institution, we help you maximize your NIL through this, right? right? Now, now schools, schools, most high schools, associations, you're, you're not allowed to help them maximize the way in which colleges do. But a lot of this is hyper-local, right? So I honestly, and sometimes I'll get ADs and say, well, I'm a rural school. We're not going to deal with this. If you're a rural school and you have an elite athlete, who's getting recruited, just was one kid in your town of that's pretty small who's, let's say, going to the University of Iowa and is a stud, right? And everybody in town loves that kid. Chances are they may potentially upset the apple cart more so than a big school that has 50 kids that go to Division One. that – uh, I, mean, I mean, they're just, just one of many. many. So <laughs> you have to get really, really clear on what this potentially looks like. But you're right. They're, they're, if, 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 if a kid, kid has an opportunity to make a lot of money at a different institution, I just read an article today. Now, this, this is a little different, but a kid was, was playing for a club team. They're not associated with the state association. This is what, hap- this is what happens, right? Kids will leave schools that are, that are members of the state association to go play at club schools or, or a, an academy, right? Because they, they're not under the regulations of that state association. So then they can make their NIL. But this school in Atlanta was paying this kid $100,000 to play for the school, right? North Carolina, Mikey Williams. He's like one of the top players. He plays plays for Vertical Vertical Academy, Academy, which is not part of the NCHSAA, the North Carolina (laughs) High School State Athletic Association. But this school, he can maximize his NIL. So he has a deal with Puma. He has a deal with top trading cards. Like, So you're seeing a shift where your elite student athlete, if your state doesn't allow it, might say, see you later. I'm going to maximize my Quinn Ewers. Texas doesn't allow it. I'm, I'm leaving, leaving my, my senior, senior year. I'm going to Ohio State. State. I'm going to sign the deal. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, think there's some concern from that perspective. perspective. Um, there's, there's a lot, a lot of shifts, shifts, you know, you know recruiting. recruiting. What's you know, recruiting going to look like if the kid signs early or if they're, you know, for golf, let's say a tailor-made Adidas kid, right, playing early. If they're maximizing their NIL, they would most likely probably look at schools that are sponsored by Taylor made Adidas or Taylor made Adidas might push them more now to go down that route. So the gatekeepers might be shifting a little bit from that perspective. So there's like so many different layers to all of this about, you know, what's the state say, what's the state association say, what's the school say, what's the sport regulated body say. And then they're expecting ADs to, Hey, you figure it out. With no education whatsoever. What? Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, re- and, and and that's what I always try to tell ADs. You can do very little other than try to educate students on a lot of this is about branding and per- personal branding, social media use. A lot of this is about financial literacy. So like thinking about kids that are walking down the space, a lot of it's about entrepreneurship. A kid needs an LLC, right? He needs liability. How are you going to do taxes? Is it going to go on your parents' tax form, which potentially screws up your FAFSA if you maximize a lot? Like that—that that shifts all of their next career moves, their their college moves, potentially if they're if they're moving into a lot of this monetization. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's and that's. It is a lot of stuff. Yeah. It is a lot of stuff. And not and not but, that. 80s needed more to do, you know. 
Right. <laughs> but then you see things like, and, and this is where, this is where it gets tough. Right. So not all kids monetize focused on like, Oh, I'm, I'm an elite basketball player. So I'm going to sign a deal with Spalding. Right. There's a girl in California that signs a deal with Spalding. There, it might be a kid like, there's a, there's a guy named Will Ulmer. He's an offensive lineman for Marshall and he's a country singer. And now because of NIL, he can go play gigs at the bars and, and be paid for it, right? He used to go by Lucky Bill, so the NCAA didn't know. Um, you know? Right. You have people that are really creative. There's a there's a volleyball player from Wisconsin who has her own art company. She makes she makes unbelievable it's Danielle Hart, right? Hart art. She has her own company that now sells things like this. So there are there are ways in which I think people misunderstand your creative kids might, might actually, actually be doing, doing this more than some of just your student athletes, athletes that think, oh, I'm really, really good and score 40 a game, so somebody's going to, like, give me a car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's about, about helping with entrepreneurship, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That can be tough. So you talked the a other, little bit. It, yeah, I was just going to ask you one quick question. Yeah, go ahead. What, so you kind of talked about the trends a little bit. How do you mm-hmm. see those these trends and these deals that are all going on? And, you know, the monetization of sport with these high school kids, how do you feel like, where do you feel like that's going then? How, yeah. What's that going to look like for, <clears throat> you know, for ADs? What are they going to have to really, you know, focus on for these kids and educate them? What do they need to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it for student athletes, if you look at, if you look at what, the majority are doing to make money. A lot of it centers around social media, right? Yeah. Posting content, yeah. being brand ambassadors. Um, so what this is doing is shifting that conversation to where are we are we teaching our kids personal branding and social media strategy? Because that that's going to be number one, right? What is happening a lot at the college level is brands are questioning really about sponsoring specific athletes because what happens you might have you know the the Spencer. Uh, the quarterback yeah. that, that yeah. left, yeah, yeah. Spencer Rattler, play, yeah. right? So he signed all these deals. The the quarterback at Clemson, right? Uh, there's a deal with someone who sponsored a uh, a drink, but the opposing team, like they all poured it out on social media, right? So brands are getting really smart and savvy about potentially not just sponsoring an individual kid. I think at the high school level, you're going to see kids wanting to do camps. You're going to see kids wanting, like, doing public appearances, right? So my, I have twin first graders. The stud on the basketball team who's their hero, I can pay to come to their birthday party, right? Um, you're going to see potentially see kids doing autograph sessions, right? Some states aren't going to allow you to put your seniors on uh, a, a poster at the beginning of the year because – that's, that's now, now their right, right of publicity, publicity right? You, you can't, you can't monetize their and their and their and So that's going to be a, a conversation, conversation and question about what that looks like. like. So, so it's, it's, it's shifting a lot and it's always changing. changing. That's, that's the, the hard part. part. And, 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 and here, here, and not, not to throw, throw any more crazy stuff, but. But here we go. But I'm going to. So, so I. At the college level, what's, what's happening a lot is NIL collectives are starting, right? So in essence, it's it's an alumni group or a booster group, or, and they're really starting an external organization that is pooling money together that is supporting student athletes, right? That's how the kid from California signed an eight million junior in high school, eight million dollars a year to go to a school. Now technically, that's not legal, but 
my fear or my question would be if you have a close proximity of boosters, right? High school is different than college. You got everybody within a 20 mile radius usually. So what's going to, what's going to stop business Bobby A walking across the street to car dealer Charlie and saying, Hey, let's start an NIL collective and see if we can, we can start, you know, pooling some money. Will that cause illegal potentially inducements to come and play for their school? Mm-hmm. Will, will, will this, this look, look different, different for a private, private school compared to a public school? school? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying it's going to happen, happen, but it's, it's, it's going to happen. happen. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. I would, I would put money. Sure, if sure I was going to bet on anything, I would bet on that. Mm-hmm. I'd put money yeah. on that bet. I mean, yeah. absolutely. 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 And, and ADs are going to be sitting here like, well, I mean, I mean, I'm not, not allowed, allowed to do anything, anything right? right? All, All you're really – in Ohio, Ohio most of what they're able to do is pretty much tell a kid if it violates one of the bylaws of the OHSA regulation, right? right? So, so, like, you, you can, can educate kids and you can tell them, them that, hey, you're going to be ineligible. Other than that, you can't really do anything, right? It's hands off. And that's the hardest part for ADs because we're hands-on people with our student-athletes, right? And – and now, now, I mean, I, mean, I, guess, I guess here's, here's the, the other, other question. question. What, what, what are you going to do with the basketball coach that has a stipend of 5000 and, and his star basketball, basketball player just signed a deal with the local pizza place for like 20 k I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but your high school basketball coach is going to be like, what? Yeah. Come on. So want to get into a little bit some of the what you would maybe see as some of the some of the nil no-nos like going back to like our convention one of the things our state associations talk to us about is if you have kids start to get approached by say local car dealerships to do ads yeah. or, or appearances and things like that for them you know talking about making sure they're not wearing like your your school's right. logo school name school colors what are some of the no-nos that i mean should be big red flags versus high school ids if this starts to cross our desk yeah that we should be looking for and talking with our families about, but other than you better. Yeah. Get yeah. So, so number, number one, they, they can't, can't, there, there can't, can't be a pay for performance, performance right? right? So, so like, like a local dairy queen, queen can't say, say Hey, I want to sponsor. I want to enter into a deal with a high school quarterback and you're going to get a free milkshake every time you score a touchdown, right? Like there can't be a tie to a performance piece. I think that's hard for a lot of people because I mean, it's easy to say, Hey, if you make all state, you're going to get, an extra thousand dollars. Like they can't be tied to that. The second one, a lot of times is, is helping people understand a quid pro quo piece where if you sign a deal to do something, you have to do it if you're going to take the money, right? So like if a kid takes money to show up for a personal appearance, he didn't show up. That's an issue. I mean, that's, that's a major issue. Now I, I love the students that I, I coach and talk, but like, I don't know how, how many, many times, times that, that kid come and lace the practice. <laughs> Yo, me look, or, or, or didn't, didn't show up. Because, oh, yeah, had an issue, et cetera. Like, you do that with an NIL activity. <laughs> no, no. no. Um, oh, yeah. The other thing, too, especially with recruitable athletes, there's not a lot to be a, an inducement for a specific school, right? So, like, a college can't come in and say, hey, we're going to get you, or you sign this NIL deal, but you have to go to this school, right? There can't be an inducement um, around those types of pieces. I think the other thing, too, is every sport potentially can be different. So, like, we always call it kind of like the, the quadruple check. So you got to check what are the state regulations, what are the state association regulations, what are the school regulations and then what are the sport governing body regulations so like golfers 
golfers giving lessons and getting paid for that was technically by the USGA saying, hey, that's taking money away from PGA professionals. So that was that was illegal. But a basketball player could give lessons and and that would be fine. You know, I I fear honestly I think a lot of Kids, kids are going to see money, money right? And, and, and they're going to say, hey, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to enter in this deal. deal. And, and for ADs, is, does, does this align with who you want to be, what you want to be? How does this benefit your future? And having those types of conversations, knowing that you're now almost like a guidance counselor that's not really allowed to do much other than just educate them on life. How does this fit? Um and those, and those elite, elite athletes, athletes are going to get thrown a lot of stuff. And you know, if they, they don't have, have a good support structure, structure there are, so, so here's one other thing, thing like perpetuity clauses, right? right? So, so in contracts, contracts, a lot of businesses were writing in perpetuity clauses. So they're saying anything that they create together is always owned by the organization, organization right? right? So, so like any content, whatever. So kids are signing these deals and they're giving away all of these pieces that they never control. Now, now, is that, is that right, right on the business? business? Absolutely not. But, but if a high school, school kid, kid, I mean, they're not going to look. look. A, lot a lot of companies, companies may push, push that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and, and, and I think it's not much different than the, is you got, it's not much different than what all the record labels have done to a lot of the, I mean, what you're talking about right now is literally what record labels were doing yeah. to these young artists that were coming out too. So yeah, you're completely right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a really, really tough, tough one yeah. for a for lot, lot of people, people to, to understand. understand. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know and, and, and I don't, there, there hasn't been any safety issues, but I have, I have a fear of what if, what if, what if, if there's, there's an NIL deal that they, you know, um, a, business a business puts into place with a, with a young male or female and they ask him to show up for a personal appearance. And what happens if that's, I mean, I mean, goes, goes wrong. wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean like, what, what, what if that, that kid doesn't have a family to be there or, or someone to go with it? You know what I mean? mean? And, and, and they're, they're, they're a minor. minor. Can a minor, minor even enter into these contracts? It's a question that you need to ask in your state because every state is potentially different. So there are so many pieces that continually float around. Again, AD is looking at this like, how are we supposed to manage this? Right? Ooh, you're giving me anxiety just thinking um, about it. Question. I, I, know, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But it's well, it's real. So yes. yeah. So so along those lines, then is there at the high school level? Um, I, yeah, I'm surprised. First of all, you talked about like California has had a, an NIL policy in place at the high school level okay. since 2004 because I'd never heard of it. Do you see an organization like the NFHS? trying to figure out a way to define this and make it a like a national policy procedure um regulation that nationwide or is that just, is it past that is it that that's so far down the road now that they can't they can't bring it back in and wrap it underneath the bow i mean i think they could try i think i think the toughest part is it's like, it's like with education, education right each state, state is its own, own kind of siloed, siloed piece 
where the, where the NFHS, NFHS, you know, you know they, they, they do regulations, regulations and rules and, and elements, elements like that, that but a lot, a lot of it's associated, associated with, with the sport, sport right? right? It's, it's not, not with the governance of the, the state association, association because you, you have, have different, different transfer, transfer laws than Ohio, Ohio right? right? And Ohio, Ohio colleges have potentially different NIL laws than Tennessee. So I think trying to cut a wide path across that is, whew. It's going to be impossible, it's gonna be impossible because, because it's, it's it's already in place in so many so many states and and, and you know the commissioner of New York he he made a quote he said when they passed it you go it's really hard to start to differentiate between a kid who washes cars at a local car dealership for fifteen bucks an hour compared to a kid that gets paid fifteen hundred dollars to be a spokesperson for that same car dealership right like how how do you how do you differentiate those those two different pieces and can the state association really do that and that's where i think some of the conversation and the questions occur now i asked i asked uh, a state association recently i said can a school make a policy that says we're not allowing our student athletes to do this and they said yes technically every school has autonomy to create policies right just like you have you know, you know, drinking, drinking and, drugs, and drugs, and you have, have attendance, attendance policies. policies. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think there's, there's a school that's going to be able to say, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah all these, this, this state can do it, but we're not, not going, going to." Right. I mean, I mean even, even, even if they're, they're against, against it, I just don't, don't think, think they can do that. that. No. Not without, not without major repercussions from a from an attendance and from right. you know from an enrollment standpoint. Well, just just it's how litigious that all can is going to be so litigious, and I don't think. A lot of state, state associations and the NFHS, for that matter, probably wouldn't want to mess with it because it's going to be litigious. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And, 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 I mean, there's not a single school that wants to sue their own student athlete, right? No. But I think, I think, I think what could potentially go in play for an NFHS or a larger is is a compliance reporting type piece. So, so, so what, what are, are what are we asking students, students who who enter into, into these NIL agreements? agreements like, like, what, what do, they do they need to provide to the school, school just so there's something on record? record. But, but part, part of my, my fear, fear is if a kid walks into an AD's office, office and he goes, "Hey, I'm about to enter into an NIL deal," they're gonna like get out, get out, because I don't, I can't, you know, I mean, I can't help you, or they've already done it, or they're already past it, and now it's just like cleaning up a mess. So. Even, Even in, in Ohio, Ohio right? right? They're, They're saying, saying you have to you have to designate someone at your school if this passes as your compliance officer. officer. Oh boy! But, but they're not saying what you have to what you have to you know receive from a compliance standpoint. This, they're just saying it has to be up to par from the school's perspective. Well, you know what does that mean? So, so many conversations and questions need to be around the state associations. Like, we need to go through every single bylaw and explain. What, what this, this actually means in practice, in practice. Because, <laughs> and, and, and again, again another, another quick example for ADs to think about. Ohio has a clause in there that, that a kid can't, can't if, if he signs an NIL, NIL deal, deal, they can't, they can't um, it can't be, be part of any team-related activity, activity, right? Practices, pictures, pictures games, et cetera. Et cetera. So, so if a kid, if a kid signs, signs a stock deal, let's say, you know, whatever, you've got a kid who's a stud and there's a local stock company that signs a deal, Technically, Technically, it would be illegal, illegal for that, for that kid, kid to wear the sock at any team, practice, game, etc. So, so let's, let's say the kid, kid wears the sock. sock. 
right? Because now, now you, you got, got you, you got, got coaches, coaches on sock, sock patrol, patrol for this, this kid, kid, right? Oh boy. <laughs> so, but follow well, if, if the kid, kid wears, wears the sock, sock right? If, if that, that kid's, kid's really, really good, good, what do you, what do you think, think potentially kids, kids from other schools are going to do? They're going to take a picture of the kid wearing the sock. Oh yeah, I'll be a. And then they're going to send it to the state association, and then the state association is going to have to investigate. A potential, a potential amateurism, amateurism NIL, by law, you, know, you know, it's, it's like, like oh, oh, oh my, my goodness, goodness right? right? If, if a kid signs a car deal, deal, is he allowed to drive that car to practice? practice? Is he allowed, allowed to be on, on school, school grounds? grounds? Now, no, those, those are, are some, some heavy, 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 you know, monetization, monetization of it, of it but, but I could completely see that sock thing going, though. I mean, that's it. Or shoes. A t-shirt company underneath. Can you wear that underneath your jersey? You know what I mean? But, but again, again that's, that's that's a clarification piece that you you have yeah, to get yeah, from the, the state, state association. association. And every, every state, state association has different regulations and rules. Be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think state associations are going to even want to get in the middle of that? Or are they going to push that off on state lawmakers? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I, I mean, I mean I just, I, yeah. I don't. I mean, I, they're, they're going to have to have. I mean, I mean, they're, they're going to have to have an NIL, NIL director, director of education. Of education. Like, like the states who do, do this, there's, there's going, going to have to be someone. someone. And, and I guess, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to do. But a state association is going to have to have someone that fields calls about NIL, right? From from students, from from coaches, and I don't I don't know if a lot of them have experience with it, other than just their bylaws, right? Right. Well, that's about that's about about, pop the bubble. bubble. Yeah. Well. Well. That's that's forty five minutes of um, great education. Great education. And uh, that's great stuff, Doctor Grant. Grant. It's a lot to think about. about. And I just want to direct to direct our ads, our listeners, our listeners to your website. Uh, you got a lot of great resources there. Triple threat leadership.com, triple threat leadership.com. And on that website is a tab NIL education.com that has articles on there. Great resources. Um, I would encourage you to sign up for the newsletter, uh, that would come into your mailbox, just, just, we need to start educating to start ourselves educating about, ourselves about this. this and because, <laughs> it's because it's coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. Be proactive. Be proactive. Yeah. And yeah. to be honest, yeah. the, 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 when, when I was speaking, I was speaking at the AD, AD conference in Ohio, Ohio at the very end, end, I had a, a guy raised his hand in AD and he said, Scott, Scott where, where, where can we go, go to learn more and, and give more to our parents around NIL education for high school? And honestly, that's why I started NIL-education.com because there, there wasn't, wasn't anything, anything specifically, specifically for ADs, ADs potentially by an AD in, in helping, helping them understand. understand. So, so really, I try, I try to take as many questions as possible and then, then go, go figure it out for them on what this might look like at the high school, school space, space. Um, mm-hmm. and, and try to help, help them put together a strategy for their district because everybody's different. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time and effort on this and for helping us, you know, get that word out to and just you're helping all the ad's across the country uh follow him on twitter also at mr grant 1161 at mr grant 1161 before we get to our last question uh anything else you want to add about nil that maybe we didn't touch on 
No, no I, mean, I mean, I think, think the, the biggest, biggest thing, thing right now, if you're, if you're, if you're an, an AD, AD in a state, in a state that doesn't have it, don't think you don't need to be having a conversation about it. If you're in a state that's voting on it, Make, Make sure, sure you're, you're, you're talking, talking to your administrative, administrative team around what, what does this look like and, and having, having those questions and conversations ready. Because, because at the end of the day, the one thing you can do is exactly what we do every day. We can educate, right? We can educate on the things that that NIL is driving deeper. And, and I just continue to encourage people to, to figure out how can we educate our stakeholders on this. I don't, I don't, I don't I ever don't take, take a side, side right? right? I don't, I don't say, I don't it's, say it's, it's good, it's bad, bad etc. This is about, is about helping, helping people understand what it is and what it might look like. like. So, so if you're not having a conversation, conversation yet, yet, start it. Start it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great. Thank you. I uh, thought I had there Mr. Jarvis, Mr. NIAAA liaison, and, and by putting my LTI state coordinator, former hat <laughs> on, this is the uh, – NIAAA creating a class on this, and if not, how do we get them in touch with Dr. Grant to see if we can help Dr. Grant get involved yeah. in writing a, a leadership course wrapped around NIL that's part of yeah. the, the NIAAA LTI program? Completely agree. Um, Completely down agree. the road. Great, great point um, yeah, there, no. Mr. Stecker. So yeah, yeah. And no, then I think you it's can, great. Then then you again, can, and then you can, I, God. No, I was just going to say, yeah, we'll we'll keep you busy then with LTI course then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I do, I do think, think the good part, part is, is, and when you, you look, look at it from an LTI perspective, perspective what, what ADs need, need to do with their, their admin, admin team is build their strategy, strategy right? right? And I always call it like an NIL 101, 101 series. series. Okay, yeah, you're, you're teaching personal, personal branding, social media. media. You're doing a financial literacy. Do we have an entrepreneurship program we can tap into? Do we have we some, some sort of legal, legal element, element person, person in town that we can tap into? And then, and then you, build you build your strategy, strategy that really is like, hey, this, this is, is how we help, help our student athletes. athletes. Mm -hmm. If they if choose to move down, down NIL, great. great. If they don't, it's okay, it's okay too. too. But, but we're, we're at least equipping them to be empowered for whatever they choose to do. And then at the end of the day, you just support them and that's it. All right. Well, Dr. Grant, we asked this question of every one of our guests, and it's, right. it's, our, favorite it's our favorite question. But if you could go back, you could go back in time and in talk time to a young Scott to a young Grant, Scott Grant, and oh. give him and some give advice, him some advice. To, oh. What would you tell him? What would you tell him? <laughs> oh man! man. Uh, you know what? I, I would I probably, probably say. say you can have, you have the same, same calling, calling with multiple, multiple applications. applications. And what, what I mean, I mean by, by that, that is, is, is I think a lot, a lot of times, times I felt bad moving out of, out of the classroom, but my, but calling, my calling to help people in education, education has, has never changed. changed. I've just I've found different applications, applications to do that. And working, working in leadership development at, at, at a college, college and, and running, running golf camps in the summer and now teaching in higher ed, I have the same calling. It just it can, can look, look a lot, lot of different, different ways. ways. And, and I think everybody, everybody sometimes gets stuck in that. And I would tell myself, hey, man, you're going to apply this in a lot of different ways. But understand, you found your calling and just let it go. Yeah, that's great. That's good. Thank you. That's good stuff. Oh, thank you. Um, Aaron, before we wrap up here, you've got a closing thought for us tonight. Well, I do. And actually, I wasn't sure what to talk about here. But... Uh, after yesterday, after yesterday uh, it, I knew I was going to talk about. So uh, going back, you know, Scott mentioned a tribe yesterday. And, and clearly, as we mentioned, 52 and sunny and, and light winds makes a tribe a whole lot more fun to oh, be yeah. and, and enjoyable for everybody involved. 
but um, but you know, we all run track meets as ads and other events, and we get caught up just running around, making you know, managing logistics, making sure everybody's where they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to do, making sure that you've got all the the adults and volunteers running all your events you're supposed to run. I mean, tell me if the fa- like the hour before the track meet starts isn't the craziest hour mm-hmm. of life ever. Uh, making you know, getting all those pieces there. But we get busy running all that, and and, and of course, yeah, I think I hit thirty three thousand steps Ooh, yesterday, and wow. like sixty two flights of stairs with our stadium up and down from the press box. But I was very intentional in the back half of the day of talking to kids in the infield. Of course, we're not supposed to have camps in the infield, but they all had camps in the infield. You know how that goes. But um, I just spent time talking to kids from our school, kids from uh, from other schools, asking how their day, how is your day? How have your events gone today? Man, does it feel good to get outside and have a, have a good track meet? How's it feeling? How's your sprint? They just talked Talked, wow. talked. I just kept checking in with kids, checking the kids from Mesa City, kids from Linmar, talking to um, some of the guys from Jefferson High School across town, talking, catching our kids and um, as they're going through. I was really intentional about interacting with kids at the event and and talking to them about their experience and how it was going and how are things, uh, how's their spring going, what are they looking forward to next, and they couldn't wait to keep talking. I. I was amazed. I was like, okay, seriously, I love talking to you, but now yeah. I got to go check on something. You know, I got to go move some hurdles. Find time at our events uh, as ADs to check in and just talk with kids. I had so much mm. fun doing that yesterday. Um, and uh, it, it just helps us. We always talk about the why in relationships. And I just had a lot of fun at it. And sometimes I, 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 I know I forget to do mm-hmm. that events. I worry about all the logistics yep. and I don't, I don't, take time to enjoy the experience we're creating. And I, and I found some time to do that yesterday. It was a lot of fun. So this spring, in the midst of all the activities you're running, don't forget to check in with kids and just find time to chit-chat with them at those events, uh, and they'll amaze you with what they want to talk to you about. Awesome. Great stuff, Aaron. Awesome. Great stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Great point. Great stuff. People over stuff, People right? Over stuff, People right? over stuff. People over stuff. Yep. I, got, I, I, got, I got told about prom dress Did shopping. you? Yeah. I was... I was talking to some Burlington girls and I said, so what's up the rest of the weekend? And they started talking prom dress shopping, where they're going and what color they were wow. looking for. So um, you never know what they want to talk about, but I think, it, I, I hope it was fun for them to have some old guy from Kennedy <laughs> stop by and, and listen to them talk about now you know. prom dresses. Yeah. You wouldn't know if you wouldn't have asked. I do want to take yeah. that, that reminded me that because reminded I think, me. Uh, I think uh, one of our colleagues, of our colleagues uh, who is very intentional uh, about intentional being in the moment, uh, Brent Butcher, uh, Brent Butcher uh, the IGCA uh, administrator, yeah. administrator yeah. basketball yep. administrator of the year. Congratulations, congratulations to Butch. Um, yep. um, that guy, that guy, that guy will stop guy and listen and talk. And, and he's talk. very intentional he's very about that. About that. Uh, yeah. Just like you were, Aaron. But uh, congratulations, uh, to congratulations to Butch on Butch. the IGCA yeah. basketball administrator of the Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Very well deserved, very honored. Well deserved, uh, honored. Uh, he had a great, he had great a winter great with his teams over there at Dallas Center Grimes. So congratulations yeah. to Butch. Yeah. Well, thank Dr. Grant well, again Grant for being with us, taking the time out of your Sunday. Uh, away from your lovely kids and your wife and, and being with us. And this has been a real treat. A real treat. And I think we've got maybe more to talk to you about down the road. Down the road. Absolutely. I think it's a good thing we need to keep having conversations about because it's going to be ever evolving, ever changing, right? It's just going to, it's not going to stop. And there'll be new things in a year that aren't here now. So I think it's a conversation. Hopefully we can continue to have with you as well, but thank you again for your time tonight. No, thank you all, and 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 honestly, thanks to every single AD on this that's listening for what they do every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's it's appreciated and now as a father it's appreciated even more um so i am grateful for for the opportunities that hopefully my kids will still have when they get that old and and that is because of people like y'all so thank you and we look forward to meeting you and seeing you in oklahoma and in iowa absolutely that's right a few months Again, uh, beyond the bench, uh, we want to thank our sponsors: Hometown Ticketing, Gipper, Bound, Super Fan Inc., and Jamie Beckler in the Leadership Playbook. Thank you to their support of Beyond the Bench. Everyone have a great week. The weather looks pretty good for a couple days, and then we'll get back into maybe canceling a few things later in the week. But in the meantime, have a great week. Good luck as you continue to compete, and be blessed, everyone. Be blessed, everyone.